following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. So we're saying Pentecost is for you and your, why don't we just right now claim Pentecost for you and our children and our grandchildren in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you in the connection right after, right, right after the meeting. Robert and Eleanor, if you would come up. Uh, we've been on a journey, most of you know, aligning Alaska, Arizona, and Alabama, according to Chuck's prophecies, that we stepped out in faith. We just finished this weekend, so we now have traveled to Alaska, Arizona, and Alabama and culminated that. And so we thank God for the prophecies, and we thank God for what's been happening here. We were in great meetings this weekend. Chief Justice was with us. Chief Justice Parker, we're thrilled to have you in the service today. And, uh, and how you're leading Alabama, we love you and appreciate you. Ed Watts, uh, prophetic voice was there with us. Ed, we love you and we appreciate you. Lisa French, representing our first native people and friends of hers we just met from Washington, D.C., also in the meetings. We're glad you're here today. But we didn't want to miss the opportunity just before Chuck's comes to release the sound of Alaska here in Alabama. And uh, Robert and Eleanor are wonderful people of God, lead Kingdom Alliance. We met them through Chuck Pierce. And I just wanted them to come and just greet you and release a sound and the dance and the move of Alaska here in the state of Alabama. And then we'll have Chuck right up to minister. Thank you so much, Kent and Bev, for having us here in Alabama. And thank you all for receiving us. Um, I'm going to go ahead and release a sound this morning, but I just want to uh, tell you what I saw during worship. As we were worshiping, it's like from the sanctuary, I just began to see a mist that began to build, and it began to become a heavy mist, and it began to be like a fog that you could barely even see through. And then as I was watching it, I began to see a swirling motion like this. And then it's like I could see through uh, the roof there. I could see through the roof, and the cloud began to swirl and swirl and swirl and go up to heaven. And as I looked inside, it's like I saw sparks and lightnings inside going up towards heaven. And then what I saw was like scrolls that began to be released from that whirlwind. And as I was looking at it, the scrolls began to go forth into different parts of our country. And I saw some, some dark structures begin to be, be uh, toppled over. And some structures of light began to, to arise in, in their place. And so I'm going to release this sound. And I'm going to add this sound to your worship. I'm going to add my sound to your worship and agree with what I saw in the heavenlies. And I just encourage you, it's a prophetic sound. You can close your eyes and listen and allow God to give you visions. I'm going to release visions, uh, the voice of God, that you would hear him in a new way.
Amen. And so what I'll share before I dance, and I want to invite the worship team, the dance team to come back as I get ready to release the rain dance. We're adding to the worship. We are multiple, we are coming in with our anointing, adding to your anointing, and together, the, the former and the latter rain are coming in together, where we are in a time, in the fullness of time. And as I begin to prepare to dance, I just felt like there was also a deliverance anointing in the house, and I felt like the Lord was saying, share your, the, my testimony. When I, when I received the Lord uh, 29 years ago I simply walked into my first church building I didn't grow up in church I didn't know anything about the Bible or anything but when I walked into this church I saw people dancing and worshiping and some were running around a, a person was hopscotching in and out the door and my sinner's prayer was this Lord Whatever all these crazy people have, I want it, and I want more of it. And the Lord says, there is more today. We went home that night. I went to bed with my boyfriend, and I, my boyfriend Robert. I went home with my boyfriend at the time, and I woke up speaking in tongues, and I had no clue what was going on. I just woke up. And was going on and on and on. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. And his little Eskimo eyes got big. He looked at me like I was a crazy woman. And I said, whoa. This is something I've been wanting all my life. So I want you to know, as I am dancing, this is not a performance. The Lord is going to release deliverance in the house, for we are in the fullness of time. Come and worship with me, praise with me as I'm dancing. Amen. Woo! hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Hey! Something's getting ready to happen oh. in your house. I think I feel something falling right now.
to the man who's responsible for all these wild, crazy, anointed people that we're running with, our dear friend Chuck Pierce. Come on, let Chuck know you're glad he's here today. Woo! 
Wow. <laughs> it's hard. Too hard to sit down after that. <laughs> Woo! You need to just jump or clap or do something. Yeah, one more time. Goodness. Woo! Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Eleanor, Robert, it's such a blessing to be with you. Ooh, we go way back. Mary, you guys, it's so glad to see you. Lisa, James, wonderful, all of you. What a blessing to be here. <clears throat> you know, my great-grandmother was full-blood Chickasaw, and my grandmother, and this is the way they would say it. They would take me out because, you know, part of the culture of that is that the first child, the grandmother helps raise. So my grandmother was probably the most influential person in my life. And <clears throat> my great-grandmother would take us outside on certain occasions, and there would be this crack in the ground because it had been so dry. And she would, of course, she spoke the native language and broken English, but she said the devil will come through the crack if we don't fill it with rain. Wow. And my grandmother would say what that means is it's getting too hot. Now, she always added a few other words that I want today. <laughs> she would say it's getting too hot and... Uh, it causes everything that the devil has within us to hatch out. Wow. That's the demonic part. Uh, and she said that my grandmother would start doing, my great-grandmother would start doing her sound, and we would dance on the crack. And uh, I look back at all of that. And just have to say, Lord, you were there all along teaching me about how you operate in the earth realm. Now, let's thank him that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Of course, you know, my, my family left my mother. They became... Uh, you know, in the business world and various things. So they <clears throat> left a lot of understanding of that culture, but I never did. Somewhere or another, God chose to put the land and how it operates from heaven to earth in me. Now, that's what we're gathered for here today, is how heaven and earth are aligned. See, when... Uh, the Lord revealed himself through, uh, to Abraham. He said, I am the possessor of heaven and earth. So see, when you stand up, you're the one in between that causes that divine connection to be made. So it's not just that we're dancing or we're singing. You are divinely bringing heaven into the earth room. Now, another thing that I want us to do is thank God for that song that was written. My goodness. 
as the tabernacle of David is restored, what happens in a generation is new songs of harvest get released. That was one of the new songs of harvest. Let's thank God for that. It needs to go all over this land. Wow. I know I'll get it for my wife to listen to. It's been such an interesting time, but, you know, we're moving forward. Look at somebody and say, I know we're moving. Uh, and it is so key to be here with you in Alabama. We had a great weekend over in Baldwin County, and it was just very key what God was doing to align what he showed us, showed me in 2008 on May 31st in, uh, when he caught me up into the heavenly realm and had me look down at this nation. Now, I want to do several things, but I want you to think three things. Alabama, everybody say Alabama. I want you to think Pentecost, say Pentecost. Then I want you to think first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. All of that's culminating here today right in this place. Now, that's really important for us to grab a hold of because God ordained it. See, when you're doing the will of God, all of a sudden you're going to get blessed whether you want to be blessed or not. Look at somebody and say, I see them already coming on you, the blessings. All right, now, let me, let me remind you in 2008, May 31st, 2008, of what Alabama looked like from heaven. Now, you have to remember when the Lord caught me up that he showed me every state. He showed me a panoramic view of the U.S. He showed me... Uh, streams coming into the U.S. from the other nations of the world, how and how he po uh, uh, populated this land and made it up. Of course, we all know the first people were already here. He chooses who he puts in a nation first, but then he showed me every state. Now, only 21 states were in covenant with him. Now, that's really key for you to understand because I think we get under a deception that all of America is Christian and seeking the Lord. It's not. That is not what's happening. And yet, there were 21 states that were in covenant with him. There were two hanging in the balance, California and Florida. Now, God has not written off California yet. Matter of fact, we had a big breakthrough this past week there. That was huge. Uh, the Lord had me prophesy last, the week before, that God was going to give all of that structure that was holding and creating Goliath's structure of unbelief and fear in California. He was going to give it lockjaw. And, and, uh, and that we would have a breakthrough this week. And that was the week we'd just come out of. This week where uh, they had stopped all churches, stopped all churches in California, the church was rewarded $1.3 million for the shutdown. And God did that. I'm telling you right now. See, that's what we're here for. 
Now, I want you to look at somebody and say to them, you're all he's got to use. So because of that, you're going to have to let the Lord use you and do this. Now, the thing about Alabama was the Lord, while he was in heaven, spoke four or five different things which made a land mass or state, as we call it, in alignment with him. And the first thing he said was they had to have a covenant with his land, Israel. Now, you have to understand Israel, he's the God of Israel. He chose that land as the prototype for all lands. And because of that, that was the very first thing that predicated the future of a state in America. Now, that's really important. Now, uh, anybody that was at this gathering, uh, and most of you already know, Alabama was the very first state that aligned in 1943 and took a stand that Israel would become a state. Let's thank God for Alabama. But this past week, Judge Parker uh, presented this just Friday, I believe it was, or Thursday, that, that during the week that Alabama had a line to say that Israel had a right to protect itself against terrorist activity, and we decree right now Alabama is about to explode with the glory of God. Now... So, this is who you are from heaven. See, don't don't walk around here saying who you are from earth. You have to say who you are from heaven. You are a glory-demonstrating state that will affect this entire nation. You need to say it. Now, now, Here's what this year is about as we move forward. See, the era that we're living in, this whole 10 years, when you look at it from a Hebraic standpoint, and why I say Hebraic standpoint, is because God gave us covenant. We have a Hebraic covenant through the Lord Jesus Christ, by the shedding of his blood, by the release of his spirit, it grafted us back into the Hebraic covenant that God gave Abraham. This whole book, your whole belief system, is predicated upon that. And because of that, uh, when you look at it from a Hebraic standpoint, these 10 years, they're about sound. They're about breath. There's, they're about your voice speaking forth. They're, uh, but this year is about the move of Holy Spirit. Now, that's what makes this Pentecost more important than perhaps the ones that we have celebrated in the past. This becomes very important. Now, let me just take you quickly through the word. Because when the people of God left Israel and God made a covenant with them and he gave them instruction in Exodus 33, he said, and three times a year you'll come together and you'll celebrate with me. See, 
that's not Old Covenant because what you find over in the New Covenant, Jesus demonstrated those same three coming together times. Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Tabernacles. And you also find that it, it is doing something in us when we're recognizing God's order of timing. Now, remember the Lord said that when they came out of Egypt. Think about what Joel said. We just sang it. He prophesied that there would come a time when the Holy Spirit would fall when on every, all mankind, sons, daughters. And so you've got a practice going on every year at the same time. You have a prophecy going on that people are watching for because they knew it was a real prophecy. They knew it was key. And all of a sudden, at this time of year, 3,000 years later, they're just meeting like you are, and all of a sudden it happens. See, that's the thing about us coming together in God's time. Things you've been watching for, things you've been waiting for, things that have prophesied over you, all of a sudden at a certain moment, they're going to happen. But they're not going to happen if we're out of sync and we're out of time. Therefore, God has to get us moving with some sort of semblance of time where we are seeking him, not just individually, not just corporately, not just territorially, but seeking him also generationally and as a nation. It becomes very important that we are awakened to this fact, and then all of a sudden, just like on the day of Pentecost from Acts in chapter 2 that we all know, Something will manifest. Now say that out loud. I'm ready for something to manifest. Now, now look at how we're moving. Go ahead, Chad. This is really what it looks like in the spirit world that you're moving through. You are moving from door to door to door, glory to glory to glory, Promise after promise after promise. And you know the enemy wants to slam a door in your face. He doesn't want you to get to the end of this corridor because what's going to happen, you're going to break into a glory realm and then when you come out of it, everywhere you walk, that glory is going to be demonstrated. And so here we are, and this is another reason for timing. Here we are all of a sudden you're at a certain place in your journey and there's a particular anointing you get at every one of those doors. You are, you are anointed, but you are being anointed. Now, let's say that. I am anointed, but I am being anointed. And that becomes very important. Also, remember my grandmother speaking to me. She went to a Baptist church. My grandfather met, went to a Methodist church. And uh, my family 
went in and out to various places. But some of my grandfather's family was Pentecostal. And she said to me, don't you let those Baptists, when we go over there, when you go with me, tell you that the Pentecostals, that the gift of tongues they have is not real. She said, don't you listen to them one minute. You just smile. Or you can say, Mama said that's wrong. I don't care what you do. I said, well, then why don't we just go with the Pentecost? And she said, well, you know, I have to get my hair fixed once a week, and I have to wear makeup, and I like to have my toes and fingernails painted. So that ain't going to work for me. But, but she said, tongues, tongues is right. So just go with what's right every time you worship. That's what she told me when I was a kid. Wherever you worship, find what's right and just go with that. Well, when I, when I was 18, I finally was introduced to someone I didn't know named Holy Spirit. See, there comes a moment where Holy Spirit has to become real in your life. See, you have to have that Pentecost moment in your life. And I can remember when I was on staff for 10 years at the Baptist church, they would say, we don't want you bringing up that Holy Spirit again. We just want to talk about Jesus. We just want Jesus. I said, you're not going to get Jesus if you don't get Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. You know, sometimes I wonder, how, how can they not read? You know, I mean, it's just right there. This is not rocket scientist here. It's not being super spiritual. The Word of God says he's at the right hand of the Father. I'm seated next to him, and through him and by his Spirit, I have access in to come boldly before Father's throne room. See, Holy Spirit is dwelling here in earth with us, and... You were made for him to dwell inside of you. That is one of the greatest mysteries ever, that the third person of the Godhead has chosen to live by his Spirit in you, and Hebrews 9 says, and flow through your bloodstream. That's what's making your heart think right. That's what's making your heart pure. That's what's causing the pure in heart to see God. Holy Spirit in us. Now, what this year is about is an explosion of Holy Spirit. And you might as well get ready for it. It's going to affect you whether you want it or don't want it. Because it's what God is doing. God is moving on us. Now, Here's what Pentecost really is about. The earth brought forth its harvest. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. During Pentecost, the book that's read is the book of Ruth because there's not a panoramic uh, book in the Bible that is more encompassing of humanity. I mean, you look at... Naomi, she's gotten off track. Her family has left. They've gotten down in Moab. Everybody knows through the word of God, Moab was a cursed land, but it had a prosperity. 
There she lost everything, but one morning she woke up. See, this is what I want you to understand. One morning, you're going to wake up and say, wait a minute. I'm missing out on some things here. And that's what happened to Naomi. She woke up and she said, there's a law of redemption back in Bethlehem. I've left it. There ain't nothing going on for me down here in Moab. And I'm headed back into this law of redemption to manifest. See, that's the book of Ruth. And on the way, her two daughter-in-laws, one says, this journey's too hard for me. The other one says, I'm going to go with you no matter what. Now, this year we have done incredible presentations at Passover, Purim, and Pentecost. You would want to watch the uh, musical that was written uh, called Threshed because they come back in to a place that God intended for them to be and all of a sudden God starts a process of unlocking their future. But not just unlocking their future, but unlocking your future. See, there comes a moment in time where God does certain things in the earth realm that extends his redemptive plan through the generations. That book is about that. It is about harvest. It is about redemption. It's about sustaining and then overcoming and then multiplying. It is an amazing book about covenant. It's a book about how you have to shift. My favorite scripture comes when all of a sudden in Ruth chapter 3, Naomi says, now listen, you've gleaned in the fields this whole harvest, but we have to make a shift. That's what I like about Naomi. She knew at certain moments she had to create a shift if they were going to get anywhere into the future. That's what faith does. You can't just sit there and say, I have faith. There comes moments where you have to create the shift. She pulls Ruth aside and said, honey, that widow's garment you've been wearing ever since we've gotten here, it ain't going to work for us anymore. Go take a bath, clean up, get anointed, and put on the best dress, party dress you've got. Because tonight you're going down to the threshing floor and the richest guy who's been watching you out in his field, you're going to lay down at his feet. That whole book is about submitting to God's plan so that your harvest gets unlocked. That's why we're here in Alabama. Let's show that first screen one more time, Chad, so they see it. Go back. That's why we're here. There is a submission going on in this state right now throughout this nation between Alaska, between Arizona, between Alabama. We have Ed from Michigan that is unlocking the harvest for the future. And so with that, we have Pentecost. Go ahead, Chad. 
the harvest feast. It's key this year for us. You could miss it. It's not legalistic. You don't have to do it on the day. You don't have to do it the way that anybody's ever done it. But God does look at a territory that his eyes on and say some way they're going to do it. If they do it, I'm going to come down and I'm going to bless them. I'm going to bless them individually. I'm going to bless them corporately. I'm going to bless them territorially. And I'm going to extend their generations. That's what happened this weekend in Alabama. Now, with that, here's the three levels that you get just by showing up today. Look at somebody and say, I'm glad I came. Pentecost represents what you have coming into an abundant provision so that your physical needs until Pentecost next year are met. You need to say, I'm getting it all for another year. Say it out loud. It means Pentecost is a time of revelation. Things you've been asking the Lord, all of a sudden you'll lay down tonight. You'll start having dreams. You'll start having visions. You'll start hearing in ways. All of a sudden, you're just going to have the simplest little understanding of things you've been waiting to understand. And then, see, so it's a, it's a physical needs. It's a provisional moment. It's a revelatory moment. And then, all of a sudden, it's a power moment. Everybody say power. Power, power causes us to manifest. Don't be afraid of that word. Manifest means you are revealing something that's been held in you and the power that came into you is pushing it out so others see it. That's who Holy Spirit is. That's what Holy Spirit does. You got something in you he wants to push out. And you think you're strong enough to keep it captured when God comes down and starts pushing by the Spirit on those thoughts of yours, on those desires of yours. Let me tell you something. You ain't going to be able to hold it captive any longer. He is breaking us out of captivity. Say it out loud. Now, and so, all of a sudden, by coming here, you go into a season of divine recovery. Everybody shout recovery. recovery. Listen, all you had to do was show up today to get this started. You didn't have to come here to do a lot, but once you respond to what God is saying to us, all of a sudden it's activated. That means, recovery means you are going to recuperate or regain what's been lost or taken from you. This whole decade is about that. Hear me, first people. Get ready. There's things coming back that got taken away. I read it this morning in the news. You know, we can get all political, but you let 
I love because a Republican senator said something he shouldn't about the first people. They turned on him like a mad dog. Because we need to understand God has an order for recovery. And he is putting us in the order for recovery. You gain, regain your health. We have been prone to agree with sickness, with infirmity. I love us having cautious faith and learning, actually learning cautious faith over the last year and a half. But we cannot succumb to the fear of infirmity. If you do that, it will overtake you. Because fear is a spirit. Yeshua said infirmity was a spirit. They will link up together in a double portion and bend you over. That's what infirmity means. It will weaken you so you can't stand. We are returning to a new state of authority. Alabama, you're leading the way into a state of authority that has more meanings than one. We're saving, we're, we're, we're saving ourselves from when we slipped and fell last season. You can't worry about always, never. If you slip and fall, the righteous get up seven times. Now, I... Don't be presumptive and press on the Lord so that you keep doing things that you shouldn't be doing. But if you slip and fall, he has ways to get you back up. And that's part of recovery. We regain, we reclaim land and substances. You need to have a list of reclamations where you are reclaiming things that you need to know come back in through your portion that were blocked from you in other seasons. Listen, if God hadn't given me revelation of this, I really don't. It's my whole life message this is. Reclaiming what was taken in every area. And the Lord has made me do some interesting things to reclaim what was illegally and the enemy got his hands on in the portion we were given in the earth realm. And the Lord knew I could be faithful to do it for our family. He wasn't waiting on my grandpa to get right. He wasn't waiting on my dad to get right. He wasn't waiting on anybody but me in that bloodline to come into alignment with him. So you quit pointing your finger at all the other people and say, here I am, Lord. Now, I really like this definition of recovery. You're coming out of a bad state of mind. I mean, you can get crazy out here in the world. It can just make you crazy. You can start believing what the atmosphere is saying to you. The Lord says you're becoming sound-minded you are breaking a spirit of fear, and therefore you're thinking right. Now, I'm going to show you why this is so important in a minute. Then, once you start moving in recovery, restoration starts accelerating. Now, hear me. This is a word to Alabama. It is time 
for restoration to accelerate. And then restoration doesn't bring you back. Recovery brings you back to where you were at loss. Restoration brings you back, and there's a law of restoration that creates multiplication up to a thousandfold. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to get in this one way or the other. See, Pentecost represents this. That's what it's about. And so, all of a sudden, when we're here at the right time, at the right place, all the new God has for us is now. Shout it, the new is now. Arise, shine, your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I will let people see the glory on you. I'll let him see the favor on you. I'll let you shine and radiate, Isaiah 60 says. I will cause the camels that used to come to come back to you. Say, all the camels that should have come are on their way. Now, so with that... We are now entering here in Alabama this new glory shift. I don't want to teach on this, but I want you to know why we gather is because there comes a moment for that shift to begin. And in that shift, when you start shifting, you start learning to do to go, you're, in, you're going and you're doing. All of a sudden, you're empowered in a way. You're, you're prophesying. Prophesying is not scary. It is you just saying the mind and heart of God into every situation that you run into. It has comfort about it. It has encouragement about it. It has exhortation about it. Sometimes you have to tear down. It, it to build and build up. It has direction in it, but it unlocks God's redemptive plan. What I showed you in that first slide is God's redemptive plan for Alabama. It is for the glory realm to be seen throughout an entire nation. Now that is very important. All of a sudden, starting today, your ministry focus for the future starts making it shift. Because you see, God has this order for restoration, prosperity, and breakthrough. Let's say those three words, restoration, prosperity, and breakthrough. Now, I've got a great book back there called uh, uh, Time to Prosper. And I've got both of the two new books back there that I've written last year. Uh, I'm working on one right now talking about how we have to have perspective, clear perspective, how we gain perspective to go beyond where we are. Now, it is important that we see once we get in God's order, all of a sudden, He will make sure we are blessed. 
See, don't think it's just dependent upon you. All you're doing is walking in his order of time and finances. What the portion you have, you're stewarding it right. The time portion you have, you're stewarding it right. And that becomes very, very important for us as we move forward. Now, here's, here's key. Because if you don't learn to align the first principles that God set forth, you can never create the prototype for your future. If you just decide you want to do everything your way, own way, if you want to worship the way that you're comfortable worshiping and cut out the way God set an order for us to move forward, you're not going to come into the fullness of blessings. You'll make it to heaven. But I'm not sure what row of houses you're going to be put in. Because <laughs> he's preparing a place for you. But, and then you have to remember, we come back for a thousand years, and you don't want to be not back doing with all the power that God had you here the first time. See, that millennial reign is important for us to keep an eye on because if you start operating in it now, when it comes into its fullness, you'll be operating in it then. Yes, sir. It's really that simple. You don't have to worry about how you're going to be caught up, how you're going to be caught out, and, and I, I'm just... Bogged down over all this. No, you're to be in faith if he comes today. If I came today, would I find faith? Faith is linked with time and space. If you're out of time, you're not in faith. If you're out of space, you're not in place. I have predetermined the time and place that you're to be in. I couldn't have what I have today by being in Corinth. See, you have to understand if you don't move in time and space, you don't continue to increase your faith realm. Very important for you. So, remember his spirit first brooded over chaos. He planted a garden first. He put man in it. Now, man, you know, you've got to remember where we come from. We come from the hummus, the earth hummus. That's what the word means. You, you come from dirt. What makes you different is God blew into you and formed a spirit in you. That's what makes you so different so through the generations he could have a place to dwell in the earth realm. Pentecost is about the visitation into our spirit by his spirit. See, and so every time we recognize it, we're coming into God's timing. He may, you, we have to understand Shabbat. God did it 
and look back at the last six days. You have to have a time where you stop and reflect on how you got to where you are once a week. It's not a, it's not a religious thing. And if you don't stop and reflect on how you got there, if you got off track during the week, you're going to get further off track next week. It's really that simple. That's what Shabbat is about. It's the rest of faith. See, we war to enter into faith. Shabbat is a war tool. When you stop and be still, all of a sudden you see what the enemy has done in the past six days and you see how to defeat him in the next six days. Now, Yeshua, Israel first. Listen, people, we don't have a choice. God set that order. That's why he said, I'm going to look down at your nation, and I'm going to tell you how I'm going to move. And if they ain't moving in my order, I'm not going to move with them. Don't think he will. He won't. That's not who God is. He won't just decide, well, they live like Sodom and Gomorrah over there. Uh, That state called Sodom and Gomorrah, they're just prospering and they're living like hell. And I am, I've got, I can't just enter in with them. I've got to show some way I have a difference about them than I do Abraham. That's the purpose of of why God does certain things in the earth realm. He has to reveal that he is different. He has, see, that's all holiness is. Holiness means you are not common to everything around you. Doesn't mean you can't do anything. But you're not common, therefore, if whatever you're doing, wherever you are, You have to have something coming off of you that makes you different. That's holiness. And with that, he says Judah has to go first. We didn't make that choice. And then Issachar has to come. Judah, that prophetic, apostolic structure, tribe, has to go first. First, because they know how to use sound in war. And then I'll align the timing through the word of God with the Issachar prophets. And then Zebulon will go behind and pick up the supply and the provision. When we get in God's order, it's a sure thing. We have now moved past Judah going first, Passover. We've moved past getting in timing. And now when we come to Pentecost, it's about Zebulun starting to rake in supply. You need to just take your arm and say, I'm ready to do this. Listen. Tell me what farmer is going to plant a garden and then hope it dries up. They're in one on earth that's going to do that. They don't plant it for it to dry up. They plant it for it to prosper. 
And that becomes a mindset that we must have in everything that we do. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter how menial it is. If you're doing it and asking the Spirit of God to cause your hand to multiply, somewhere down the line, it's going to multiply. That's what that's how faith works. And then first the ark has to proceed. I've got to have some way where I develop a prototype so people can see the movement of it. This is for Alabama. Some way I have to develop a prototype so people can see how it's moving. That's the ark. Remember, they had the cloud. They had the fire. They had had that for 40 years, and all of a sudden, this is how a new era works. All of a sudden, God removed it. Well, think about if you'd been walking one way with the fire and cloud, and all of a sudden, you wake up the next morning, and it's gone. And then the Lord says, the only way you're going to get into the promise is look at that box and it's going to have to be 3,000 cubic feet down there. And you're going to have to give it space to move because you don't know what I'm doing fully and you don't know how it's going to move fully. And if you'll do that before long, you'll be caught up with it. You'll be moving with it. And before long, any time you come into the enemy's camp, it'll turn over everything in that camp. That's what the glory of God does. And so, and then he has a government about him. I was telling uh, uh, the judge this morning, uh, Israel's biggest problem over the three Pentecosts ago, going into the fourth year now, they have not been able to get their government back in place. And the Lord, in every book I've ever written, I've said, you watch Israel, and once you see what's happening there, you see what's happening in God's kingdom. Until we get our government in place in God's order. He didn't choose first pastors. They don't have the gift mix that apostles have. Apostles are warring, governing, sending, finishing. God made them that way. And all those gifts are needed, but God has an order in his gifts. He says it right there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he says, once you have first apostles... Second prophets, just back to the tribe mentality. Third teachers, all of a sudden, the miracle workers will be released to come forth. That's what really is the new harvest call. The miracle workers and the healers start being really some we're going to find entire generations set in church without being released wow. when 
those gifts sat there dormant without being released, and many of us died. Now hear me. And some of you know that's the gift in you, so you need to be crying out for God's order to fall in place so your gift gets released. Now, and so, and eventually, he has one new man. Let me tell you, there comes a time where we won't have time to start looking at each other and how different we are. We won't even have time to recognize what color we are. We won't have time. This is what the Bible says. We won't have time to recognize what gender we are. We won't have time to recognize what we're about because we're going to be one new man. Moving in the earth realm with everything torn down, and we're going to be like an army marching that can't be stopped. Led, led by the Lord of the harvest. Now, let me end by saying this. That brings us to today. All of a sudden, there's a diet, there's this intersection of time, place, heaven, and earth. And because of that, there's certain blessings that get released to us. See, also, Pentecost is a first fruit feast. And in the midst of the first fruit feast, there's a Rosh Kadesh first fruit moment that occurs in the month. Again, it is not about us just getting pinpointed on legalistically our watch. It's saying, now I've got to be very aware this month, there is a moment that as I bring a portion of myself that God gave me this month, and present it to him, all of a sudden, at that divine intersection, something happens. That's how the Bible works. See, first fruits each month always reminds me that God is the source of everything I have. And he says over in Romans, this isn't Old Testament. If at first fruits I'll bring him the best of my lump, he will bless all the rest of my lump. Well, I've got a bunch of kids and grandkids who are lumpy. So I'm going to be sure I bring him the best so he can bless the rest. I've got a bunch of people that, just like you, that we gather together and a bunch of them have lots of lumps on them. So I'm going to bring him my best portion of my lump so he can take care of their lumps. See, that's been a part of my life since Holy Spirit found me and manifested who he was to me. Starting when I was 18. 
That's Pentecost. And yet, I have to have moments where Holy Spirit comes again, baptizes me again. All that means is he begins to flow out of you, and it's like a river that overwhelms you. See, first fruits, by doing that each month, I gain confidence before the Lord. That's the faith word of the Old Testament. I, I walk in confidence. I'm right with him. Not that I don't ever make mistakes. I'm just right with him. And then you find out all of a sudden, every month when I wave that first fruit before the Lord, I know that eventually he is going to, he's, he's moving me from waving to watching and gathering, and eventually there comes a full manifestation of my promise. See, that's a walk with the Lord that he requires of us. Thank you, Chad, for helping me. Now, we have entered now the next Pentecost season. We've entered the next Savan first fruit month. And I have not been able to participate in that in fullness anywhere. You know why? God wanted me to do it in Alabama, the state he showed me that comes into the fullness of his glory. They're doing it back in Corinth today. But it's not the place that he wanted me to do it in. Because there's a different glory realm that he's going to take me into. And so, let's stand up. I want you to get a first fruit. Whatever it is. The best of your lump. I've got mine. didn't want me to do that at my own place. He said, wait a minute. That highway for you intersects right there in Coldwater where I had you stop in 1988 and said, that's where your double portion will be restored. See, that was God. That was before Kenton Bell. He knows where you need to be, who you need to be with, and what time you need to be there. And so this month, see this month, the first issue of this month is giving so you receive. And when you give today, you don't give to play a bill, pay a bill. You give and saying, Lord, I'm going to watch for the outpouring that's coming. I'm going to watch for this. Now take that first fruit. We're going to wave it. 
as you wave it, you're going to say, the promises that you have for me is maturing, Lord. You're going to just say, Lord, the things I've been asking you about this kid, this child, the thing I've been asking you about my job, the thing I've been asking you about my land, the thing I've been asking you about our nation, the thing I've been asking you about how justice will operate in this land. I'm waving this thing before you. Listen, don't you know that God sees you waving that? He sees it. It's as if he's, he's living in you by Holy Spirit, but he sees you from the throne room waving that best that you have. And then all of a sudden, what this month is about is, I'm going to review until I see a manifestation. You need to decree right now, everything you've been looking at is going to come in to clear vision. Father, we say new clear vision starts right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you. I'm going to ask for that harvest song to be sung. If you do that, that new song we sang at the end. And then y'all just take it, Brian, you and Ramey, wherever you want to go. That song has such a number. Put your hand on him. Put your hand on him, Kim, and decree that that harvest mentality that's in him, some way or another, the Lord says, I brought you here to start unlocking it in a way it's never been unlocked. And don't think you've seen the storehouses that I have. I am going to start showing you storehouse after storehouse, and I have plenty to pour out this season, saith the Lord. Father, we come right now. Father, we say explode. Explode your glory through our beings. Manifest in us things that have never been manifested. Father, we love you. We bless you. Now let's worship. I want when you to when you bring that offering up here and lay it, I want you to say, let my new harvest multiply. Father, I say right now, my new harvest ahead will now begin to multiply in a new way. Come on, let's worship with our first fruits. We call on you, Lord of the harvest. Send forth your laborers into the fields. We call on you, Lord of the harvest. Send forth your laborers into the fields. We call on you, Lord of the harvest. Send forth your laborers into the fields. We call on you, Lord of the harvest. Send forth your laborers. 
heart today. We want just to demonstrate through dance and through music the blessing that we've stepped into from generation to generation to generation. I've been traveling with James Nesbitt and Ed, and they keep speaking about our family trees and how God is ready to step into our family lineages. Not just today, not just my blessing and your blessing, but generations to come, that there will be a day here. We won't be here. We may be there, but there will be generations to come that have been changed and transformed because of what we're doing right now here today. We've got to start thinking, not just, yes, it is now, but now is the time for then as well. There's a then coming, a, a new day coming that we are moving generationally in. And so we want to demonstrate the blessing, just the blessing to say, Lord, there's a blessing that we stepped in today, not just for our personal Pentecost, but that will affect blessings from generation to generation to generation to generation that God is going to begin to move us into in this season in the name of Jesus. So let's just stand with our first fruits offering. We're going to lift them up to the Lord. Just bless those. We're going to make this declaration. Can we put our giving declaration up and then we'll move into the blessing? Let's say this out loud. One, two, three. In this season of Pentecost, we rejoice that God has given His Word, poured out His Holy Spirit, and has brought us into a magnificent harvest. We recognize that the Lord, in His extravagant giving, has provided all we need to accomplish His purposes and fulfill our destinies. In gratitude and faith, we give our first fruits offering knowing our inexhaustible supply comes from the Lord Most High. Therefore, we declare and decree that we will walk in the power and spirit of Pentecost that God's kingdom might prevail for the glory and honor of the Lord and King of kings. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, just before we move, let's demonstrate the blessing.
stand just to receive that blessing today. When you leave today, when we enter into our connection, we're going to have a great time of fellowship and food together. We have uh, Eleanor and Robert's CDs, and I think some of James' material and Chuck's material is available to bless you and your family. But we just stand in the presence of the Lord today with grateful hearts. some of these girls dads that have come through recovery and think about how generational things have shifted that because they made a stand at a right time at the right place that generations to come in their bloodline will never have to go through what they went through to get to this place Because the curse only goes to a third generation, but the blessing goes to a thousand generations. Relentless generational blessings that those that aren't even born yet don't even know what they're going to get to be born into because of those that are taking a stand right here today with the Lord. And so, Father, we thank you for that relentless generational blessing that we have stepped into this Pentecost in Alabama for the destiny of ourselves and the state of Alabama that will explode with glory and so Father I bless your people 
May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord bless you. May His face shine upon you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give us great shalom. Shalom, 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 shalom. This Pentecost, we've entered a new era of His blessings. In Jesus' name, and everybody in agreement said, Amen. I love you guys. Be blessed. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.